Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast with your host, astrologer and author, April Elliott Kent. Hello, invisible friend, April here, and the date today is April 3rd, 2023. Welcome to episode 172 of the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. This week, almost the only planet doing anything is Mercury, and Mercury is doing all the things. Venus makes a sextile aspect to Neptune. The Libra full moon is pushed out of balance by the big presence of Jupiter. And I answer a listener question about how to work with the waxing and waning cycles of the moon. On April 3rd at 9.22 a.m. Pacific time, Mercury enters Taurus. It will be in Taurus through June 10th, and that is a very long stay for Mercury because Mercury will be retrograde in the sign of Taurus between April 21st and May 14th. Now, this is a little bit of a frustrating sign for Mercury. It is in the sign that is behind its home sign of Gemini, and this makes it hard for Mercury to do his work in the way that he likes. Mercury likes to move quickly and flit from thing to thing. Taurus is much more inclined to stay put. It is, however, a healing position for Mercury. If we allow ourselves to approach Mercury matters in a Taurus way, instead of juggling multiple priorities, Mercury in Taurus likes for us to focus on one thing at a time and to be very thorough. Take special note of these retrograde dates between April 21st and May 14th. And in fact, the whole time between April 7th and May 31st carries a bit of that retrograde shadow. So slow down, focus, and smell the roses. Later that day, on April 3rd at 11.55 a.m. Pacific Time, Mercury squares Pluto at 0 degrees and 10 minutes of Taurus and Aquarius. Now, later in the week, Mercury aspects Mars, and that is a time to clear the air. But as Mercury squares Pluto, things that we may have been repressing begin the process of bubbling up in our consciousness. They can be unpleasant thoughts about ourselves or about somebody else, and they can rise up and put us face to face with the shadow side of our nature. Ideally, find some very absorbing project to throw yourself into today. It can be untangling big messes, especially in your paperwork. It can be something slow and methodical because Mercury and Taurus kind of likes that tempo. But it could also be the case today that you find yourself interrupted a few too many times by pets and family members and texts and emails. The idea today is to try to keep busy, try to stay absorbed in something, but take frequent breaks to move around a little bit to breathe so the tension of this square between Mercury and Pluto doesn't build up until it explodes. 
Mercury makes a sextile aspect to Saturn on April 5th at 9.21 a.m. Pacific time. Now here is a chance to regroup after that Mercury-Pluto square. Take all of the intense awakenings that may have come up when Mercury and Pluto came together and see if you can bundle them into something organized and useful. It is a good time to finish up, say, your taxes. If you're here in the United States, it's a little while before the tax filing deadline. And it is an excellent aspect for gathering up bits and pieces and papers and put them in order. So it would be absolutely perfect for that kind of activity. Now for the moon report for the week of April 3rd. It begins with a full moon at 16 degrees and 7 minutes of Libra on April 5th at 9.34 p.m. Pacific time. The Sabian symbol for this full moon is 17 Libra, a retired sea captain. And the Sabian symbol for the sun at 17 Aries, two prim spinsters. So they're both Sabian symbols that to me are a little bit about retreat and perhaps silence, or at the very least, prudence and not being too quick to act. In the chart for this full moon, the moon in Libra is, of course, opposed the sun, and the sun is in a conjunction with Jupiter. So both the moon and the sun are involved with Jupiter. Now, Libra is a sign that above all values balance and harmony. It wants fairness. It wants one side to have what it wants and the other side to have what it wants. And when Jupiter is in the equation, it's like there is an invisible thumb on the scale that is weighing things in favor of the sun in Aries. The full moon, it's almost like putting up a movie screen to show us the results, the effects, the consequences of what we put into motion at the preceding new moon, to see it from another perspective. And I think this full moon wants to show us that the things that we were so intent on undertaking at the Aries new moon, all of that energy and vibrance and zest that came with that new moon that was square Mars, we now need to reckon with the consequences of those actions and their effects on other people around us, and also in the ways that our own lives may have gotten a little bit out of balance, out of kilter. This is also the full moon in a lunar phase family that began with the new moon on October 6, 2021, at 13 degrees Libra. And interestingly enough, that was also a new moon that was in close aspect with Jupiter. So this is just continuing on that trend. And it's reminding us, I think, of the necessity or the very least the value of tempering that extreme Jupiter influence. Jupiter wants us to just take a chance, take a risk, think bigger for ourselves and leap into the fray. And while some of that is great and invigorating, and moves us forward in our lives, sometimes we can get a little bit carried away. 
and especially as Jupiter has been moving through Aries, which is a fairly impulsive sign. So I think we're just being reminded of that at this full moon, that it's not such a bad idea sometimes to wait for a moment or two and weigh the actions against the consequences, which is Libra's job. Let's look at the void of course moon periods for this week. Two of this week's void of course moon periods are extremely long and all of them begin with oppositions from the moon to another planet. The opposition is an aspect that often shows us what we need to see through observing others and through our relationships with them and the feedback that we get from them. It's very much in keeping with this Libra full moon as well. So this is an important week for being instructed by our interactions to watch how they're making us feel, the ideas and thoughts that are coming up from them, and what we can learn from that. On April 4th, the moon in Virgo opposes Neptune at 6.50 a.m. Pacific time. It's void, of course, for about eight hours before it enters Libra at 2.51 p.m. Now, how do we balance practicality, which is Virgo's aim, and imagination, which is the realm of Neptune. So take a look at your untidy friend who is always late, for example, but who is always fully present once they arrive. You may be very punctual and organized, but even that can sometimes be a way of hiding from things that we don't want to think about, like worry or sadness. You can play either side of the opposition. You might be representing the moon in Virgo figure, but you might also be the Neptune figure who is a little bit disorganized and not super on top of chronological time. On April 6th, the moon in Libra opposes Jupiter at 5.43 a.m. Pacific time. It is void, of course, for a whopping 17 and three quarter hours. It enters Scorpio that evening at 11.29 p.m. Now, as I said before, Libra likes balance and Jupiter is that big thumb on one side of the scale. And in this case, it's the Aries or Jupiter side of the scale. I think what we need to do during this very long void, of course, period is to think about the ways that we often compare ourselves too much to other people. And I think this is so prevalent in the age of social media. If everyone else that you see seems to be on the ball, getting things done, they know their own minds, they are willing to just keep moving. Well, that could be true, but it could also be a lot of hot air, which we sometimes see with Jupiter. On April 9th, the moon in Scorpio opposes Venus at 2.09 a.m. Pacific time. It's void, of course, for a much more modest four hours before it enters Sagittarius at 5.56 a.m. If we dwell on what has hurt us in the past or what could go wrong, it is a sure way of losing touch with the here and now 
and the pleasures of the moment. And this is the pattern we can sometimes fall into on Moon and Scorpio days, where we're really running over in our minds the grievances of the past or imagining what is going on behind the scenes that may or may not be happening. So I would encourage all of us during this relatively short Ford of Course Moon period, here on the West Coast, we'll be sleeping through a lot of it, but don't look for the fly in the ointment. (laughs) This is an opposition that reminds us just how much pleasure and beauty there is to be found in everyday life and in taking what we can see at face value. Mercury makes a conjunction with the moon's north node on April 5th at 10.19 p.m. Pacific time at 4 degrees Taurus. And it's such a nice Sabian symbol for 4 Taurus. It's the rainbow's pot of gold. And I always think of the north node in any event as being the brass ring or the pot of gold, the thing at the end of our journey that is rewarding and brings happiness. I think when Mercury makes a conjunction with the North Node, it's likely that new information comes to light about how to get the things that you want the most. This could be a chance comment, a piece of dialogue in a TV show you're watching, or a movie, or yes, a post on social media that can actually inspire you to move toward your own personal brass ring. Take a look at where four degrees of Taurus falls in your birth chart. We're finishing up the journey of the lunar nodes through Taurus and Scorpio. And here is the opportunity to get all of the benefit we can from that lovely north node in Taurus. April 7th at 10.58 a.m. Pacific Time, Venus makes a sextile to Neptune at 25 degrees and 57 minutes of Taurus and Pisces. The Sabian symbol for Venus is 26 Taurus, a Spaniard serenading his senorita. And the Sabian symbol for Neptune, 26 Pisces, a new moon that divides its influences. I think this particular sextile between these planets of music and art and love and magic describes the ways in which we use pleasure to cast spells, singing to our beloved. Venus's Sabian symbol is a romantic one and a musical one, but Neptune's symbol encourages independence and time apart the new moon that divides its influences, where we'll get more done if we go our separate ways. As the old saying goes, absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
Sometimes it's nice to have a chance to miss your loved one. So this could be an opportunity to spend a night out with friends on your own or with your family. Just a little bit of time on your own so that it is that much more pleasurable and exciting when you're reunited with the object of your affections. And in the last aspect of its busy week, Mercury makes its sextile to Mars on April 7th at 11.29 p.m. Pacific Time. This is a day to put words and ideas into action. Take an idea and put it into that Mars in Cancer oven to become something fully baked. Now, any combination of Mercury and Mars can bring confrontations, but sometimes confrontation is necessary. Just avoid picking fights. If you have to clear the air, go ahead. But bear in mind that Mars is in Cancer, and others might take offense at something you say, even if you didn't intend it that way. We have to be a little bit careful when Mars is in Cancer, because sometimes people will be angry and not show it until much later. This week, I am returning to listener questions after six episodes of mini lessons. In this week's question, listener Nicole writes, I have a question about the moon phases. I often feel pressure to get things done during the new moon waxing phase, like job applications, for example. And I'm wondering if I say receive an interview request or job offer during the waning moon phase, if it's not as likely to manifest or to be fruitful or a long-term situation. In my experience, when I start something new during the waning moon phase, it doesn't seem to lead anywhere or have momentum. Nicole, thank you for that question, and I have a lot of thoughts about this. First of all, a quick explanation to those who might not know about the basic symbolism of the lunar phases that the period from the new moon up into the full moon is the waxing hemicycle. This is when the moon is increasing in light. We can remember it because when you wax something, it grows brighter. And it is moving away from that inky darkness of its new phase, right up to the edge of full illumination. This half of the moon's 28-day cycle is favored for initiating new projects. Because the idea is that whatever is conceived during this two-week period will likewise increase. The waning hemicycle between the full moon and the next new moon is favored for sharing the fruits of our labors, resting, and figuring out how to make the adjustments we need to make in order for the next lunar cycle to be more fruitful. So that is the theory, and it's a good lyrical one. It's a theory that supports your experience, Nicole, of things seeming to not flourish as well when we begin them in the last half of the lunar cycle. 
But I get the feeling that the very last thing the moon would want is for us to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to meet her schedule. I think that she would prefer us to try and flow with her. I'm the first to admit that doesn't always work for me. I'm ruled by the sun and I have a strong Mars, a strong Saturn. I just don't flow very well. But that's why I love watching the moon. She's like a loving mother trying to make my days more productive, but also more nourishing. We have so little time on the planet that it seems like a waste to throw away two perfectly good weeks out of every four. Now, the way I like to think of it is like this. Let's say you go for a job interview during a waning moon phase. Maybe it'll go nowhere. I mean, to be honest, most job interviews go nowhere. But we could see it as the culmination of all your preparation, this interview. The chance to demonstrate the years of study and experience that have already gone into making you the perfect candidate for the job. Or let's say you receive a job offer or actually get to begin a new job during a waning moon phase. That job may not last forever, but honestly, what job does these days? It's likely it would last as long as it needs to, as long as you still have some passion and interest to give to it. And what's more, opportunities that happen at this time of the month could be leading you to the exact right next step in your journey. Back when I used to choose wedding dates for couples, they were often insistent that they wanted to marry during a waxing moon phase. And all things being equal, I support that. But if that waxing half of the month had a lot of miserable lunar aspects to other planets or some awful pileup of Venus and Pluto or something, well, why not choose that lovely Sunday when the waning moon is trying the sun instead? If job offers or interviews or some other opportunity come in the waning half of the moon cycle, it could be that they're not for you. But look at the aspects the moon is making to other planets while she's waning to find her opportunities. Look at the half of the birth chart that she's touching. What messages do those observations bring? There's always opportunity in any phase of the moon. Take the balsamic phase, the two dark days before the new moon. If waxing phases are the desirable ones, how could anything be less promising than the balsamic moon? But live with that phase for a while. Pay attention to it, and you'll see the enormous power and promise of those dark, quiet times. The key, I think, is to take our instruction from the moon. While she waxes, we push. But during the moon's waning hemicycle, we're propelled along by other forces. No longer do we have to do all the work, all the pushing. The waning hemicycle is, in fact, the definition of momentum. When all the excitement and engine revving of the waxing times sets us coasting toward the right opportunities, all we really have to do 
is get out of our own way. Nicole, I hope that that helps. I love that you're watching the moon and working with her rhythms and cycles. I like to think she's watching you too. I'm so happy to return to listener questions after six episodes of mini lessons. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on a future episode, please leave a message of one minute or less at speakpipe.com slash Big Sky Astrology Podcast or email me at april at bigskyastrology.com and be sure to put podcast question in the subject line. That is everything I have on my show sheet, so I'm going to wrap this one up. Thank you for listening to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe or follow the show in your app of choice. Leave a rating or a review, and I hope you'll help spread the word by telling an astrology-loving friend about the podcast. You can read show notes and full transcripts and leave your comments about each episode at BigSkyAstropod.com. Thanks very much to everyone who's shown support for the podcast over the past year. On each episode, I'm thanking some financial donors by name. This week, let's give a Big Sky Astrology podcast shout out to Melissa Nudie and Chris Williams. <laughs> Melissa and Chris, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for supporting the show with your donations. If you would like to support the show, please go to BigSkyAstropod.com. If you donate $5 or more, I'll send you my recent bonus episode for the Aries Equinox and the Cancer Solstice episode in June. That is it for this episode. Join me again bright and early next Monday. And until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening. To learn more about April Elliott Kent, visit her website, BigSkyAstrology.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter, read her thoughtful essays, find out more about her books and classes, or book a personal astrology reading. That's all for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to follow or subscribe to stay current with new episodes, and please leave a rating or review. You can follow Big Sky Astrology on Facebook or Twitter and Big Sky Astrology April on Instagram. Thanks again for being here, and we hope you'll join us next time.